Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to SFP Now. Welcome to another exciting episode of SFP Now um, here on SciFiPulseRadio.com. We have um, a fantastic guest lined up today um, who's uh, currently going to be on your screens really soon, as if not now, because of plan- the, the film War on the Planet of the Apes is out now here in the UK. Um, and I don't know about the other territories, but it's, it's, it's coming out. We have... Adam, we have Michael Adam Faith, um, who's um, who's 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 got a really really good part in 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 the new Planet of the Apes movie, and as, as in a really 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 big supporting part. Um, <laughs> Thank you, know. you so much, Ian. Wonderful introduction. I'm happy to be chatting with you today. Yeah, well, uh, it's great to be have you know be have have you on the show, and even my cat's happy. She just saw like walked right across me there. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. She she's being nice and considerate. Um, anyway, I think the first question I have for you, and I kind of like to ask this of um, of every actor or singer or producer that we have on here, is um, how, how did you get into acting? Was it was it was it um, a lifelong goal for you, or did you sort of like fog into it? Well, for me, it was an interesting kind of arc as, uh, you know, an overall, you know, um, 
journey, I was fortunate enough to be brought up in a very creative family. Um, my dad was a battleship commander, so that in and of itself does not necessarily translate into uh, uh, what I do, but it also kind of does uh, in an interesting way. Um, we were involved in a program where we were growing up in uh, Victoria called the PACE Musicals, which is an acronym that stands for Program for Academic and Creative Enrichment. And it was a wonderful forum. It was a wonderful place to go and perform and do stand-up and slapstick and comedy and vaudeville and dance and uh, singing. It was it was just a wonderful place. We had a, a very, very uh, creative director, uh, Sandy Webster Worthy. Uh, you may recognize the last name. She is, in fact, uh, Caleb Worthy's mother. Uh, he is, of course, a Disney star recently named in a new Marvel installation coming out soon so yeah no it's no surprise there's a creative genius running through uh, some interesting family ties as well cool yeah um, so i had a pretty uh i had a pretty intense training as a, as a as a kid in theater as a young person and then when i was living in england um i was living in lewisham at the time and attending the american school in london uh, michael benz was a uh, student there and he was doing a project called little lord fauntleroy and they auditioned at the school for the role of Stanley Logan, who was a uh, New York City bully. And I won the role after, I guess I was the only one that really took it seriously when people showed up to quote-unquote audition. And they gave it to me right on the spot in front of everybody. And it, it was pretty cool. I have to say that was, that was nice. I got to go on a train and stay in a hotel, and I was all by myself. And I was 12, I think, at the time. And wow. uh, I think I got... Uh, 200 pounds, I think, was my uh, was my fee for that film. It mm. was great. I got uh, I got to fight. I got to do my own stunts. Uh, I scratched my face on a wicker basket. I went over a vegetable cart uh, for a long time. Little Lord Fauntleroy, uh, BBC, was on Netflix. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I have to watch this with the kids. Cool. Uh, so, so you got you got like 200 quid for your first for your first t- TV thing, right? It was uh, it was two hundred quid, and it was in the early nineties. I was really uh, I was really excited. Uh, I have to uh, I, I have to say it was um, <laughs> it was pretty it was it was a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you you you've done a lot of theatre, as you said, and earlier on when we was uh, when we was talking, I, I noticed this on your on your IMDb credits as well. It looks like you've done a lot of uh, a lot of voice work. Yeah, I've been very fortunate in that regard. I have uh, a pretty good, I guess, environment is the best way to uh, the best way to say it. Here uh, in Vancouver, there's a lot of voice work happening. There's a lot of studios here. There's a lot of shows being produced, and there's a lot of interest. So, as a hub. We are, in fact, getting a lot of attention. Vancouver has, um, yeah, turned out some pretty amazing shows. I've been very fortunate to be part of quite a few of them in the last several years. Yeah, it's been great. Mm-hmm. I, have, uh, I have quite a few interesting collectibles. I bet. I mean, it, you know, it's all like all started in the uh, late 80s, I think, when a lot of productions started coming over to Vancouver and Toronto. So yeah, uh, it's just so like yeah. grown from there. It's phenomenal. <laughs> I've been uh, very fortunate in these last several years, as I said, to inject myself into this industry. Um, it's just been a really great community. Everyone's been really supportive and everyone's been really, um, you know, great about 
uh, you know, bringing someone in who's new and allowing them to be present and uh, take risks and just, um, you know, overall just step out and make some interesting characters happen and contribute to a show. It's a really nice feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, we're talking about some of the uh, TV and film work that you've done before we get to Planet of the Apes. Uh, I mean, I noticed you've uh, you've had roles in things like Supernatural, Arrow, yeah, and and all, all these things. Um, you know, if you if you if you was able to pick these projects, would you actually pick them? Because you know, well, obviously, with you being an actor, you kind of like t- take whatever roles come your way, sort of thing that you that yeah. you get on the audition, you know, on the auditions process. So. I'm, I'm just wondering if you, if you, would it be your preference to do something like Supernatural or? You know, I think it really comes down to, as you say, opportunity and what's really happening in the, um, in the world around us uh, as, as actors and what shows are available. I mean, I love science fiction, but I also love period pieces and I love everything for different reasons. I mean, it all contributes to the art and the community. But when I say choice, I mean, really it's a privilege to audition and it's certainly a privilege to be considered and to win a role is really, I mean, again, (laughs) it's an incredible privilege because you step into something and you realize by the time you get there, no one else is going to get to shoot this role. It's Mm -hmm. just me. This is literally in a way becomes, you know, written for you. And uh, in that sense, it's, it, it is, it's very humbling. And yeah, I would I would choose every show again. Cool. If, if they suddenly called me back and said we have to reshoot everything, I said bring it on, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean I've, I've just noticed here, you know, just you know skimming over everything that you've got listed on IMDb, you, you've actually been in a in, in a few of these Christmas movies like The Wishing Tree, which I, which is actually one I've seen a couple of years on the trot. Wow! And, and yeah, like that. that's a that's a definite. Uh, <laughs> that is that is one of the uh, older ones. I, I, I don't remember uh, how many years ago the wishing tree was. And it's got down two thousand twelve here, and you 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 Yeah, credited. that's about right. I'm trying to. I, I always have to gauge what project I was doing by what kid was born at what time. <laughs> <laughs> My calendar senses aren't great. You're, you're credited as a, a paramedic, and another one that I've also seen. Um, hats off to Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, hats off to Christmas. <laughs> Long so. time ago, hats off to Christmas. You know, interesting uh, piece of um, uh, fact about that particular project is uh, I had three daughters into hats off and uh, hats off to Christmas, rather. Mm-hmm. And um, two of those young girls are my kids. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, the director called me into his office. He said, hey, Michael, come on in, uh, sit down. I, I only have a minute. Um, listen, there's this scene where you have to, like, rough and tumble, play football with the kids, and I'm, no offense, I'm just saying, kids aren't probably going to want to rough and tumble, like, toss around with you. You're a big, scary dude, I got to say. I'm sorry. So uh, I hear you have kids. Are they the right ages? Can we maybe cast them? Can they act? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> Sure. And then we got to set, and everything was great. Uh, there was one young lady who was uh, uh, obviously cast to play uh, my eldest daughter, um, but the two younger girls are Ireland and Lily, my two girls. And uh, we had a great time on set. 
they were laughing and I, I was sort of curious as to why. And she said, you're getting paid. You have to play with us. <laughs> <laughs> because, of course, daddy's always too busy. It's like, daddy, don't jump on the trampoline. I'm like, no, I got to do stuff. I'm, I'm busy. I have to do stuff. So now, that, of course, they've got me by the paycheck, as it were. It's like, you're getting paid to play with us. You can't say no. And it was a really cute moment, you know, kind of bring the kids to work day. Mm-hmm. Well, another film that he was involved with, uh, which you know, it suddenly didn't do as well as uh, as people were hoping it would. That that was the uh, BFG. Yeah, um, man, the BFG is just such a huge um, wow. It really is such a huge part of the last several years. You know, uh, working up to it, going through the film. I mean, we shot on and off for. Uh, several months and you know we obviously got uh, you know well acquainted with you know uh, Steven's set and working with Mr. Spielberg and and has just you know been I think a a huge um, piece of the puzzle the 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 magic that has been the last several years working particularly in performance capture Uh, I also worked on Warcraft with Duncan Jones and I was uh, you know uh, uh, a four foot Dwarf King, and <laughs> it's really all just sort of, um, yeah, magically come together, it would seem. So you use a four-foot Dwarf King in, in, in Warcraft? Yes, I played Magni Bronzebeard. How the hell did they, they achieve that? Because you said you're quite a big guy, you know? It's all like, did they, did they like, chop you up or something? I'm over six feet. <laughs> I'm over six feet, and of course, I was... Uh, I was rendered down, let's say, to um, the, uh, well, His Majesty's height, which is, I believe, uh, four foot uh, uh, ten, I don't know, I might be off by a couple inches, there is a crown, there are boots, uh, for sure, but um, it was an amazing process, Uh, you know, meeting Duncan and hearing his, you know, uh, version of the story and going through everything was just tremendous, but uh, what really struck me was uh, working with Terry Notary for the first time, who is uh, obviously the uh, genius and, um, as Andy Serkis so uh, eloquently puts, he's the greatest unsung hero of the uh, Apes franchise. Terry is amazing, and like I was just saying, I I had the pleasure of meeting him first on Warcraft, creating Magni um, for that film. Cool. Um, you know, there's, a, there's another show here, and I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I, I'm sorry to say I've never actually heard of it. It's probably on one of our kids' channels here or something. It's called Nerds and Monsters. Um, kind yeah, of sounds interesting. Nerds and Monsters. Yes, very fun show where I, for the first time, uh, gender jumped as a voice actor. I play the, uh, I, I provide the voice of uh, Lyle's mom, Dern. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so. It's a very uh, it's a very grating voice. I will confess that um, it is a uh, uh, an angry monster mom who is uh, in uh, a very sort of monster magic way uh, sharing a body with her husband. He is the lower half; she is the upper half, and they they fight a lot but it's a really funny show and that, yeah i think it is on the, in the uk that uh, that uh, does ring a bell for sure yeah it, it probably is but we've got so many channels now and so like, it's kind of hard to keep track of everything <laughs> exactly um, yeah totally but yeah you so so basically you had to wear tight underwear for that show just to get the pitch of the voice just right <laughs> 
You know, it's funny. Um, you would think there would be some sort of, you know, clothing compression involved or uh, restriction uh, <laughs> of the tenders, but no, 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 no. It was just, it was just uh, voice, uh, you know, uh, pitching, and you know, um, I say overall, just good practice. I have, of course. Um, a bit of a Rolodex of voices, and um, I've been doing voices like that for years, which is uh, definitely my pleasure and my fun. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it is a lot of fun creating voices. You know, I just do it all the time just for the hang of it. <laughs> oh, I'm never quiet in my car, let me tell you that. Um, yeah, I've got a funny story to share with you. I'm pretty sure you've got, got, got a, few, a few of your own, but I was uh, once queuing up at a sci-fi convention to get someone's autograph, and to amuse myself, I started having a conversation in three different voices. That was all I can... People just staring at me, and uh, Jeremy Bullock was there signing, and he sort of like, tapped me on the shoulder and he says, you know, you could have a career doing that, you know? <laughs> ah, exactly. <laughs> oh. but, That's exactly it. Um, yeah, I, I think I was, a lot of people, given the opportunity to stand up at a microphone, would really get that sense. And I see it all the time. It's my it's my express privilege to see students very much on their way. Um, I, I teach you know uh, courses from the very foundational level to advanced levels, and most people, given like I said, that chance. They, they really shine out. There's a lot of really serious, serious voice actors out there, and they don't even know it. Every time you tell a story about your family member, you somehow mimic their voice. If it's your grandmother or your aunt or your uncle, you're like, like you put on a voice. You can't help it. Most people do it automatically. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 one of those, it's just one of those funny things. I mean, um, I, I just do it when I'm a bit overtired or if I'm a bit hyper. I'll just start going into these different voices. <laughs> Um, but it's just so it's it's so much fun, and um, you know I I've sometimes thought about maybe I should sort of give this acting thing another try, but you know I would always encourage anybody who is hip to trying something and having fun to do it because really at the end of you know, your day, you have to find ways to, you know, be excited by what you get to do with your day. You have to find ways to be excited by, you know, uh, what your hours look like, you know, and um, doing voices, cartoons, that's awesome. That will always be awesome. I don't care how old I get. I am going to have a great time doing cartoons. Oh, cartoons are awesome. <laughs> um, another show that I've noticed, you've, I've just noticed this, um, and I am going to have to chastise myself here for not actually having checked this show out yet. It's on my Netflix. That's okay. Um, I've noticed you have a recurring, or it actually looks like you've got a regular role on a Dirk Gently Solistic Detective Agency, and you play Yes. Dirk Gently season one, I had the um, I had the really strange role of Zed. Zed is one of the men of the machine who uh, very very briefly sort of <clears throat> comes into a uh, I guess a story crossover with Dirk and of course uh, Todd and you know everyone uh, just after the same machine, after the same thing. It's been uh, wonderful seeing Dirk Gently spin out into a really popular show. Yeah, I, I'm still to, I'm still actually to check it out. I mean, uh, the BBC did a production of it a few years ago with, a, I think it was a 
Stephen Mangan in the role. Um, yeah. And um, I kind of got into that and enjoyed that, but I've not got around to the Netflix version of the show yet. So, um, well, I gotta say, it out. is one hell of a ride for anybody who likes sci fi and who really, really likes to enjoy uh, a good ride and a great adventure. Dirk Gently's definitely for you. Mm-hmm. And looking at some, some other, this looks like it's probably another animated thing, uh, Ninjago, Masters of the Spinjitzu. Yeah, Ninjago has been an amazing ride. I have had the real and very, very uh, uh, just amazing pleasure to play and provide the voice of Jay for these last, uh, wow, Eight going on uh, nine seasons. There's just so much to be thankful for. Uh, Lego, thank you so much. Lego fans, thank you so much. It's just such a such a huge, huge uh, accomplishment for the entire Lego universe to see it explode to this height, and it's all due to the fans. Cool. Well, um, you know, moving moving on to uh, more present things, and and you can tell I've been holding myself back from asking you about it for ages. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, War of the, War on the Planet of the Apes. I mean, I'm 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 actually a fan from way back from the uh, you know the 1960s movies, 70s movies, and I've really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. The, I've really been enjoying the reboot. Um, yeah, and, it's, you know, and obviously the reboot's being a little bit different, but it's so like it's also so like uh, being respectful of what what came before. Um, <clears throat> in in War on Planet of War for the Planet of the Apes, you you actually play the role of Luca, who's uh, Caesar's lieutenant. Uh, what can you That's tell us right. about him? Well, Luca is um, an interesting story. Me coming into the role was. Uh, never something I ever anticipated uh, or planned for, but, you know, it's the thing you always hope for. You you want that kind of role. You want to see, you want to do everything you can to create an opportunity. You know, just to have the privilege to audition for something like that is huge. So, uh, again, just coming into it was, you know, a real real shock. And it I think it took me a long time. I'm sure you can appreciate as a fan. I'm a fan also. And for me to be part of this franchise at such a pivotal time was uh, just unbelievable. It was, it was, it was mind-blowing. Luca is um, a character that has uh, been established uh, from Dawn. And in Dawn, Luca was really the... Um, you know, uh, the sort of, you know, not, I wouldn't call him late addition. He was, he was just a new member uh, of the guerrilla force and a new presence in, um, the whole community. And he very much, very quickly felt, you know, indebted as most apes did very early on. And for most of them, this, you know, feeling of loyalty persists, um, right through uh, war. And, um, he felt a debt of gratitude. He felt a debt of honor. And as much as I can imagine, you know, uh, apes and, you know, Simeon kind being very, um, capable of this feeling and this notion. I mean, this is, this is, this is our fiction and these are the rules of the universe. And, you know, Luca was no exception when it came to loyalty. And I think he very much dedicated himself to the express safety and, and concerns of, you know, Caesar as, 
you know, the king and, of course, um, the first family is a, is a very important, you know, uh, a group in their society. So Luca is very much the loyal lieutenant. He very much concerns himself with uh, everyone's safety and the safety of the community where they're hidden at present when we find them in war. Yeah, I can't wait to see this film. I mean, it's been out for about a week here and I've just not had a chance to get out and see it yet. Um, yeah, it's a hell of a ride. I uh, I dare anybody to go without tissues. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah, well, the, the first one was a little bit of a tight tearjerker, and um, I was kind of sad for the uh, for the breakup of the friendship in the in the second one, where where Caesar and those humans had to go their separate ways, and and in full knowledge that you know the. There was a dawn of, of 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 a bigger war coming, sort of thing, and it was just sort of, yeah. that was kind of sad and profound. Um, but getting back on to Luca, um, as you said, he was played by uh, another motion capture actor in a previous Scott film. Scott Lang, that's yeah. correct, a stuntman, uh, really tremendous performer, really great human being. Um, Scott was, I think, uh, instrumental in setting the tone for this character. Such really, you know, solid presence and great strength. How how much of a challenge was it for you to sort of like uh, to sort of like emulate uh, Scott's sort of like uh, movements? Because obviously, Scott did all the movements for Luca in the in in the first Apes film, but I don't think he actually spoke too much in the in the Apes film that he was in. So that's 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 true. There was not a great deal of um, uh, signing established in Luca's uh, repertoire at that time. There was not a lot of, uh, you know, uh, there was not a lot of dialogue. There was not a lot of speech that we can um, that that we can, you know, um, that we can rely on for story or anything. But he was always so present visually, and his energy was always so clear. And that's the thing I love about where Luca's come to in war, is that his intelligence has evolved and changed. Lots of time has passed. But overall, working in um, Terry's ape school, uh, Terry Notary, of course, um, <clears throat> anyone who comes in to learn a silverback can be and will be most certainly a silverback, male or female, it doesn't matter. They they all exist, and motion capture performers of you know all shapes and sizes can very quickly come to appreciate everything that's involved physically in becoming a silverback. And motion capture, I will say very plainly, is not easy. It is quite possibly the hardest work that anyone will ever do. I speak from very compact experience, very intense experience over a very few number of years. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do. So um, matching the movement wasn't really a concern, but paying homage to the strength and the presence was definitely something that I wanted to do. And uh, that was something that uh, I think we established. I think we did that really well. So Scott and I have a lot to be thankful for, for uh, uh, the two of us sharing this role. Cool. Well, if I if I if I recall in the uh, in the original uh, Apes movies from the sixties and seventies, the Grinners kind they were kind of like the military end of ape, ape culture, and they often sort of wound up being the villains. Yet Luca is uh, Caesar second in command. Uh, how how will that play out in in the film? And how would you say the modern Grinners compare with the ones from the original films? 
Well, you know, I really have always loved a film's ability to pay homage to its forefathers. And, I mean, Apes is no exception. They have this brilliant lore, this great history. And we've seen so many incarnations over the years. But through lines exist, and we do see a lot of this um, Apes as, you know, soldiers chimpanzees as soldiers and because of their size we see a lot of large gorillas as the sort of you know they're the heavyweights they're the heavy artillery you know like if you need a large boulder hurled or something to that effect you know there's that sense i mean obviously the apes are very much weaponized at this point uh, in war and um every soldier has his uh, duty and everybody has their place and you know having grown up in a military family and you know, um, you know, I was very active as a cadet from you know early on in my youth. I was in sea cadets, and then later on in the infantry uh, cadets as a PPCLI cadet. I've trained and spent lots of time with Reg Force people, and you get a sense of the military mind, and you get a sense of that power and that uh, humility required and that integrity to serve. I mean, you know, ask anybody who knows anyone in the armed forces, you know, they are top quality people and they are working for uh, the safety of all. And, and and that's a very much a prevailing theme is the safety of all. Mm. Yeah, they, they're not allowed to have any sort of political biases. They've got to sort of remain neutral. Well, that's the thing. And I mean, um, you know, reality aside, our our world where we focus on apes, there very much exists these political ties. And these, you know, ties are based on perspective. They're based on your geography. They're based on, in this case, your species. Um, your intelligence level is, you know, always suspect when, you know, you're a different, you know, outsider. You know, there's always this sense that, you really, you will never appreciate my point of view. And, you know, the walls go up, quite literally. And um, we see that happen in war. And it's a very, it's a very chilling thing to behold, you know, what people are capable of. And people, as a loose term, I mean, what, uh, what, what beings are capable of under these, these kind of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so like in, in the original, you know, the, Apes. There was there was almost like a class structure. Uh, like chimpanzees were scientists. Uh, the orangutans were kind of like your political class, and the gorillas were were military. Um, now, you know that kind of still holds true in 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 the uh, in the new films. Are, are we going to see that sort of thing more in 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 the new in in War and the Planet of the Apes? Now that now that they actually are at war. There is definitely an evolving class structure, and of course, if we were to break down and dissect all of the timelines as if they were one franchise or one piece, we would see that we're at very much the beginning of the story. And even in this, you know, uh, third installation of this trilogy, this series is, you know, uh, the beginning moments of what we, you know, uh, saw in the, you know, 70s, 80s, the earlier installations. And then again, of course, with Tim Burton, um, there is really a class structure, you know, evolving. And it's been evolving since dawn and since the, um, 
the exodus of, of the apes from, you know, the human culture and, of course, the simian flu and the breakdown of society and this post-apocalyptic, uh, you know, scenario that's been playing out all these years. But their class structure has indeed, you know, continued on and they have found that everyone in the community serves a purpose. Everybody has a job. Everyone has something to contribute. There's that sense that there's no one left unconsidered. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a job. And it has a lot to do with intelligence. It has a lot to do with aptitude, for sure. I, I, will, I will concede that. But uh, in war, we definitely see everyone um, working together in that, in that council manner with a military mind uh, in Luca and Caesar and Rocket and the other, you know, uh, council members. There's a lot of voice of reason from Maurice, played by Kara Connable, who's absolutely brilliant as ever um, since the beginning of, of Rise and Dawn. Um, Karen, as Maurice, has been very much uh, Caesar's voice of conscience. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty evolved. It's a pretty evolved group, I would say. Absolutely. Um, with with Luca being the uh, second in command, it means you've got to spend um, quite a bit of screen time with Andy Circus. Uh, what was he like for you to work with? Uh, did he give you actually? Did he actually give you any advice on motion capture? Given that he saw like the first minutes oh, to actually every <laughs> every every frame of, of of Andy's work is uh, tremendous to watch and behold and reference as an actor. I for many years have been a fan of his ability to vanish and disappear. It's, um, uh, I'll say, you know, something I've very much tried to model uh, after for a long time. And um, I just think overall, watching him, taking in his effort or lack thereof, his presence, his uh, integrity as a performer, all of that is advice if you're there and if you're paying attention. He very much leads by example um, as Andy, as Caesar, he's, you know, very much a man who has that in common. I mean, obviously, their struggles are different, um, but Andy leads this film. You know, he has a tremendous uh, cadre of people around him, and he very much is, um, you know, performance-wise at the helm. Everything he does is advice if you're, uh, like I said, open to receiving it and, and watching it. But in particular... You know, he was instrumental in just sort of freeing that, um, that, that, that interior animal that, you know, that growls and you know, yells and screams. And, you know, there's all these, <laughs> like, there's, there's big sounds, you know, and tapping into that is really just about freeing yourself. And we spent a lot of time as apes, completely silent you know, just uh, finding ourselves and running around. And <laughs> we kind of cornered a guy in the van who was sort of, I think, maybe concerned for his life for a minute. But he was <laughs> like, okay, a bunch of people running around on our extensions. Like, we were chasing cars. And he was just like, oh, my God, it's Andy Caesar. We should just uh, stop. You know, it's Caesar, it's Andy, it's Caesar, it's Andy. It's, um, yeah, no, it was... Uh, Definitely a great time in in uh, ape school. Um, mm -hmm. Lots of lots of tremendous moments. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually uh, personally of the opinion that uh, Andy, you know, should really be given an Oscar nod for his work in these movies. I um, I would very much like to think that a massive pissed off army will arise if Andy Circus is overlooked one more time, and you can quote me. 
Mm. Well, you know, I, I, I personally sign up to join the army. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I just saw like... Uh, Team Andy. You know, he's just... He's just <laughs> Hashtag Oscars. He's just done great stuff, you know, Lord of the Rings, King Kong, and and to me, personally, I think the Planet of the Apes movies have actually been his best work, you know? I really think that you're spot on. He has shown us so much through Gollum and Kong and his other performances. I mean, his work in the Star Wars franchise, his work in the, you know, uh, you know, uh, Marvel Universe has just been, you know, tremendous contributions to all of these wonderfully intricate stories. But Apes really belongs to Andy and Matt Reeves, who uh, these last two installments, you know, with Mark Bombach have just been tremendously instrumental in crafting such a beautiful story. Um, we couldn't be, um, I think, you know, uh, mentioning Andy and his work without mentioning Weta and mentioning Dan Lemon and Joel Terry, who are, you know, at the very forefront of these efforts. Ryan Stafford, you know, there's so many people. There really is an Apes Army already. And the funny thing is, is that it's been there the whole time. And um, I would love to think that every single person would uh, stand behind our Andy and um, support him in his bid for the Oscars. He more than deserves it. I think it is high time that he finds himself holding that tiny golden man. And actually, I think they should just change it to an ape. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) I totally agree wholeheartedly. (laughs) <laughs> okay, with this film being being such a big film, we might see uh, quite a bit of uh, merchandising such as mugs, comic books and the like. Uh, how do you feel about that, given that Nuku will likely be one of the prominent eight figures to feature on them? I, I, I'm excited at uh, the idea that uh, there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of stuff. I think it would be interesting to see how everything evolves. I know fan art takes off like crazy. I know people love to uh, create their own renditions. I've seen so many GIFs and so many memes and things online. The whole community's just been really supportive. I'm really excited, not only for myself as a fan, I know I'm going to collect some swag for sure. Uh, I already have some kind of insider swag as a cast member. I was very grateful to receive some lovely, thoughtful gifts. Um, But uh, man, oh man, it's going to be great for fans because, you know, it's like it's 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 your collectible. It's your loot. It's your memorabilia. You get to look at it and, you know, go right back to that place where you saw that film or you were standing on location, snapping pictures of a star, you know, 50 feet away or 20 feet away or five feet away or got a picture, got an autograph like it's it's more than it's more than just stuff it's more than just pictures you know it's it's everything it represents for a fan and only a fan can give that kind of value so i'm really excited for everybody to get their hands on whatever it is they're looking for cool um and um final question really is um is there anything else that you're working on presently that you can talk about that that you'd like to uh song i uh you know talk about well i can tell you i am uh involved in upcoming sci-fi production van helsing you can look out for me in season two and i'm also very happy to be part of netflix altered carbon but 
everything else is on the down low, unfortunately. <laughs> cool. Uh, would you be willing to come back on again and maybe talk about some of those shows and some, some of those things and say, say the future? Absolutely, Ian. I look forward to it. You and I can talk again just as soon as you feel we should. Oh, that's brilliant, Mike. Um, it's been really great having you on the uh, on the show today, and uh, you know, thanks for all your your insights uh, about Planet of the Apes and voice acting in general. It's just so like it's it's been fun talking to you. Thank you so much, Ian. It's been great. I really appreciate all your time. Say hi to all the fans for me, and make sure you go see the movie War for the Planet of the Apes. We'll oh. talk about it after. Bye, everybody.